Well, hey, Central Christian Church, welcome to week six of our series, Running with the Giants. I want to give a, a special shout out all the way from the, the East Coast to the West Coast, all the states in between. We are so honored that you've tuned in to Central Online. And for those of you tuning in from, from other countries around the globe, welcome to Central Christian Church. Well, hey, we're just going to jump right in today to our, our theme verse throughout this entire series has been Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1. And here's what it says. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And I just I just love how honest the Bible is. It, it just comes right out and admits like, this is not an easy race. Like it's a, it's a tough race. There's some things that want to trip us up along the way. And it says, let us run with, with perseverance because it's not going to be easy, but it will be worth it. Let's run with perseverance. This race marked out for us. And we've been talking each week about when we come to Hebrews 12, it's, it's really a reflection of what takes place in Hebrews chapter 11, where we read about these men and women, normal people, just like you, just like me, who held on to hope, who held on to faith in the midst of some very challenging times. They remained steadfast and consistent. And now it gives this imagery like in light of what they've did and how they've carried the torch well, now let's carry the torch well as well. And they're like in the grandstands, this cloud of witnesses cheering us on. They're cheering you on, cheering me on as we run our race. And I'm so thankful for that. Well, this series is really designed for, for, for two, two reasons. One, uh, to, to just help us learn our Bibles a little bit better, to help us understand scriptures at a, a new level, to peel back more layers to some, some characters, some men and women of great faith throughout history and, and what their life might teach us. But more importantly than that, this series is designed to be a unified message where it gives you practical tools for your tool belt to live life intentionally, to run this race that's marked out for you with great intent, with great perseverance, and with great accuracy. So we can not just run a race, but to, to run to win. Well, great news this week. Uh, baseball is back, baby. Baseball season has started. And I don't know about you, but it just something about that just brings joy to my heart. I mean, we can't go to the stadium and watch games like we once did, but before a hundred bucks, you can get a cardboard cutout sent to Giant Stadium. So it's almost like you're there, kind of. Uh, but I'm excited baseball is back. And th there's something about just the atmosphere of a baseball game. I, I love going to baseball. Baseball games. And, and last year, before I, before I ruptured my Achilles tendon, had the opportunity to go to a baseball game. And there's something electric about being in the stands, even at, at Giant Stadium. It's an awesome stadium, awesome team, awesome city, and they love Buster Posey. Here's the thing, though. Whenever we go to baseball games and we cheer for, for Buster Posey, uh, Posey can't hear us. Uh, but nevertheless, we cheer really loud and really proud anyway. And, uh, and if you've never been to a Giants game, let me give you a little bit of a taste of, of, of some Giants fans and how they love Buster Posey. Check this out. Yeah, Buster, my man. Hey, Mike. Buster. Go Buster. Yeah. Go Buster. Let's 
Awesome was that man that guy was the biggest Buster Posey fan I think I've ever met he, he was pretty much sober in his right mind but cheering his guts out for Buster Posey and honestly we, we all were we were cheering for Buster but Buster couldn't hear us on the field and throughout this series the hope is is rather than just being surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses cheering you on and you do have a great cloud of che- witnesses cheering you on right now even though we can't hear them, like, like Buster Posey couldn't hear us in that moment. In this series, we're inviting some of these giants out of the stands while they're cheering and to, to come onto the track and just run a lap around the track with us and, and glean some, some principles from their life and, and wisdom from the aged to say, say, here's how you can run your race well. well today we're looking at the life of a man by the name of Elisha. Now, Elisha was a great Old Testament prophet, uh, not to be confused with his, his mentor, Elijah. Now, Elijah was probably one of the most famous Old Testament prophets. He performed 14 miracles. Uh, Elijah is one of the two Old Testament individuals who, who did not experience a natural death, but God just swept him up and took him, took him to heaven. I mean, pretty awesome. When we come to the New Testament, we see Elijah appear with Moses to, to, to Jesus and, and, and three disciples, Peter, James, and John, on this, this mountain. It's called like the Mountain of Transfiguration. And it's, I don't have really a whole lot of time to explain it, but, but basically Peter, James, and John see Elijah meeting with Jesus and Moses in this glorified state. They have like this glorified body. And, and here's the good news for, for all of us. There's coming a day when we're gonna, we're gonna get, I'm gonna get rid of this body and I'm gonna get a new body, a glorified body. And, and, and Elijah appears in the New Testament in that, in that state to, to these New Testament disciples. Pretty awesome. But we're not gonna be looking at Elijah today. He, he's awesome. I, I'm considering potentially bringing a, a series this fall just specifically on the life of Elijah because there's so much there and I've just enjoyed studying him, him recently. But today we're gonna look at the life of Elisha because I think he has some very practical things to teach you, to instruct me, to coach us in this season of life. And here's, here's the first thing Elisha would say as he, he steps out of this, this grandstand, he comes alongside you on the track. The first thing he would say today is, is when you wonder if your life counts. Have you ever wondered like, does my life really count? Like is what I'm doing right now, does it, is it really making any difference? Is what I'm doing right now, is, it, is there any significance? I wonder, I wonder if my life counts. And if you've ever wondered if your life counts, Elisha would just say, give your best to God wherever he puts you. Wherever he puts you, you just give your best to God. Check this out in Acts chapter 17, beginning in verse 26. It says this, from one man he made all the nations. This is, this is Adam, the first man. He made, made all these nations that, that they should inhabit the whole earth. And, and that's what we're doing now. And, and he marked out for them, check this out, their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. Listen, he, he, he's appointed your time in history. 
You're living in 2020, not by accident. But the creator of the universe, as he surveyed the human race throughout all history past and all history that is going to take place in the future, as he surveyed all of mankind, he chose you. And he appointed you for right here, right? He appointed this time for you to be on this earth. And not only that, he goes a step far and he says, hey, I'm, I've appointed the boundaries for the land. And another translation says he's appointed where you should live. Hey, God has chosen you to live where you live. He has chosen you to live at, at this, is, this is your appointed time. And Elisha wants you to know that, that hey, nothing is by coincidence. Give your best to God wherever he's He's placed you. It's no accident. 2020 is better because you're in it, and he's chosen you to navigate it, to be a voice of hope, to be a voice of grace, and a voice of comfort amid this certainly challenging year. Well, Elisha would say this as well. He'd say, hey, you know what? Take it from me. Take it from, I know from personal experience, here, here's would be Elijah's advice. Take it from me that, that wherever you are, give your best in obscurity and God will reward it. Obscurity when no one sees, obscurity when no one's around, no, one, no one's even aware of what you're doing. You just give your best and God will see it. God will reward it. Check this out in 1 Kings 19. 19, it says, so, so Elijah, now we see them, see them together for the first time. This is the, the guy that we talked about who performed 14 miracles, this, this well-known prophet. He appears to Elisha. He says, so Elisha, Elijah went to Elisha, the son of Shaphat, and he was plowing in a field. He was plowing, and, and there were, were 12 teams of oxen. This, this right here is a statement of wealth. Uh, oxen would be like a modern-day tractor. So think about it. They got, they got 12 big boy John Deere tractors. I mean, this is a huge farming operation. They would have had a, a whole lot of land. Uh, to put it in, in modern-day terms, this is a, a multi-million dollar farming operation taking place. There's 12 team of oxen, and Elijah comes to Elisha in this moment, and there he is in a field. And Elisha, here's what he's doing. He's plowing behind the 12th team. So there's 12 teams. He's on the 12th team plowing behind some oxen, serving in obscurity. Now, I don't know what, what your Monday looks like. I don't, I don't know what maybe having a case of the Mondays means to you. I don't know if you look forward to going to work tomorrow. I don't know if you're like dreading another week. But just to put it in, in perspective, here, here's Elisha's view every day he goes to work right here, baby. 12 teams just plowing behind oxen and the debris thereof. You know, how would you like to wake up? This is your view going to work. Uh, some of us, like, we, we're not really excited about jumping on another Zoom meeting, but at least I don't have to look at that all day, baby. You know what I'm saying? This is Elijah. He's serving in obscurity. He's far, no one's around, no one's, he's just bringing his best to God. And all of a sudden, the most well-known prophet appears to him. And he's like, hey, Elisha, you're just the man I've been looking for. It goes on to say this in that, in that next, that, that scripture. It says, says so, so Elisha, he's plowing behind the 12th team of oxen. Now Elijah went over to him and he threw his cloak across his shoulders and then he walked away. This is a statement of saying, hey, Elisha, I, I've, God has seen you serving in obscurity and he's gonna reward you. He throws his cloak over me saying, hey, I'm inviting you to come under my covering. 
I'm inviting you to be my apprentice. I'm inviting you to, to work alongside me. I'm inviting you to be my, my assistant. Elisha, serving in obscurity, faithfully doing what, bringing his best when no one was watching, and God saw it. And God sees you. He sees you. He sees you when you're serving and no one sees it. He sees you when you pray, no one's around. He sees you when you faithfully give and no one knows. He sees you when you fast and call on him and there's no accolades, there's no, there's no grandstand. It's just you going after God, being faithful, what you know you should do, and God sees it. Jesus actually would say this to you, Matthew 6, 4, he says, says, your father, here's what he does. He sees what's done in secret. No one knows, but he sees it. And here's the deal. He's, he will reward you. He's going to take care of you. He sees it. He's making note of it. I, I keep this little uh, treasure chest uh, with some, some little knickknacks throughout my life to remind me of some principles uh, I've learned to some things on the way. Here's a Here's a, here's a poker chip uh, that was actually given, a, two couple poker chips given in, in offerings whenever we were pastoring in Vegas. And, and here's some, some, just some, some stuff to remember throughout my, my years. Here's a piece of a, a backboard uh, I shattered in 02. I went up and, and dunked and the backboard shattered just to remind me that, that, that man, I, I, maybe I can do some things I never thought, never thought possible. But in the bottom of this little treasure chest is this little dollar bill. It's old, it's crusty, and you might be saying, why do you have that nasty dollar bill? Well, whenever I was in college, I, I worked in the summers uh, for my uncle. He owned a turf supply company, and uh, my job, out of the gate, my initial job, was to assemble commercial lawnmowers. And so these, these big, you know, like $10,000 lawnmowers would come in these big crates, and my, my, my job was so prestigious, I got to cut open those crates and assemble those lawnmowers on a back lot by myself. And they'd roll them out on the showroom floor and, and sell them. And it was, it was a great, great job, actually. But I remember one summer, it was hot. I had just finished. It was the end of the day. I met my quota of lawnmowers to assemble. And it was about a half an hour before the store closed and the boss was gone. Uh, I was the only one in the back, back shop. And uh, and I, man, I was hot, tired. I was ready to kind of phone it in. I was ready to go sit in some air conditioning and relax. But I remember my dad telling me, hey, Tim, you can always push a broom. Whenever there's nothing else to do, you just push a broom. You just serve. You just find something to do to stay busy. They're paying you for a reason. You honor that. And so I, I found a broom and I just started started pushing the back lot, swept the whole back lot. And it was in that moment while I was sweeping, sweating, hot, tired, ready to be done, that I found this dollar bill. And it was just a reminder to me, Tim, you do what's right when no one's looking. Your boss will never know. No one else really even cares. You just bring your best and God will reward you. And hey, here's the deal. God will reward you too. What you do in obscurity, no one's watching. You might think, does anybody really even care? Like, does this really even matter? God sees it. God will reward you. Don't mind me, I'm just picking up my, my treasures. I'll probably pull this out for a future date, tell you some more of, uh, 
some, some little knickknack stuff I have, have in here. Uh, but, but, but that's the first thing I think Elijah would say. Man, serving behind oxen, then elevated to, to, to serve this great prophet, Elijah. And that, that leads us to our second observation. I think, I think Elijah would say is, is, wherever you are, give your best in small things, and God will give you bigger things to do. You bring your best in the small stuff, he'll give you some bigger stuff. And this is a good reminder for us, because we live in a culture that wants this, but ignores this. And that's not, that, that, that's counter to Christianity. That's not, not a biblical worldview. Here's, here's what happens with Elisha in 1 Kings 19, uh, 21. So, so Elisha returned to his, his oxen, and, and here's what he does. He, he burns the boats. He slaughters them. He says, I'm not going back. I'm going all in with this deal. And he used the wood from the plow to, to build a fire, and he roasted, roasted the oxen. They have this feast, like, Elisha's going away. Let's, let's have a last hurrah. And then he went with Elijah as his servant. Man, he goes from plowing behind ox, that view all day, to saying, okay, I'll just serve. I'll be, I'll be your assistant. Serving in small things, but God elevates him to bigger things eventually. In Luke 16.10, here's what Jesus would say. Whoever can be trusted with very little, something small, can also be trusted with something big, be trusted with much. But whoever's dishonest with very little, well, they'll also be dishonest with a whole lot. Biblical principle, let's be faithful in the small things and God will give us bigger things. Let's be faithful where we are. Finally, the last thing Elisha would say is wherever you are, give your best in the natural and God will do, he'll do the supernatural. Throughout Elisha's life, he just faithfully served. It wasn't prestigious. He, he, he did his best to make Elijah look good. He would wash his hands. He, he would do whatever was needed. He would serve in the shadows while Elijah was on center stage. And, and he gets his, his just faithfully served. And as a result, here, here's what happens in 2 Kings chapter 2. It says that when they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, tell me what you want, tell, tell me what I can do for you before I'm taken away from you. Tell me what I can do for you before I'm taken away from you. And I just want to pause right there because I think, I think perhaps God's asking you the same thing. What, what can I do for you? I think God asks us that every day. What do you need from me? How, how can I come alongside you? What, 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 let's talk about this. What do you need? What do you need from me? And if we're honest, I think a lot of us, our prayer life is like reduced to, God, thanks for this food. Um, like, help us have a good day. Um, amen, right? And, and if that's where you are, I'm not, I'm not knocking that. I'm just saying we serve a big God who does big things. And he invites us to ask big of him. Elijah, he, he has this opportunity. What do you want me to do for you? And man, he really goes for it. Check this out in the next verse. It says, says, let me inherit a double portion of your spirit. Elisha, Elijah replied, well, you have asked us. <laughs> That's not easy to do. That's a difficult thing, Elijah said. Yet if you see me when I'm taken from you, it will be yours. Otherwise, it will not. Elijah his mentor did 14 miracles, 
14 that we know that are recorded in the Bible throughout his, his ministry. And Elisha was just their servant, faithfully in the background, doing whatever Elijah needed. And now, now Elisha has this opportunity. What do you need? He says, man, I would like a double portion of your spirit. And the Bible records that Elisha did 28 miracles that are known throughout the Bible. 20, a double the amount that his predecessor, this great prophet Elijah did. The only person in the Bible with more recorded miracles than Elisha is Jesus Christ himself. How'd that happen? He simply asked. He did, he did what he could in the natural, he asked. And God, God did the supernatural. God does, okay, well, hey, if you want a double portion, all right, I did 14 with Elijah, I'll do 28 with you. Just ask. And I wonder, have we stopped asking for big things? I had to just check myself this week as I was working on this and studying for this. Have I stopped asking God for big things? And I just had to pause and say, God, you're a big God. You do big things. God, we've sent out 30 missionaries from Central Christian Church. God, would you send out 100 from Central Christian Church to help us reach the nations? God, you've given us one building, paid, debt-free, free and clear. God, would you give us five to reach 1.7 million people here in San Jose? God, you've given us over 500 YouTube subscribers to tune into church digitally. God, would you triple that so we can reach more people around the globe? Would you exponentially do more than we could ever dream, hope, or imagine because you're a big God and you do big things? And I just wonder if we stopped asking big of God in this season. If we have, let's pick it up. He does big. He invites you to ask big. So he can show himself strong on your behalf. In John 14, 12 through 14, here's what, here's what Jesus says. Whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. Now I think we would agree that that's pretty big. Like if, he says, you, if you believe in Jesus, he said, you're going to do what he did. And then he goes further and he says, and matter of fact, you're going to do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. Now, here's what you got to do. Ask me. You got to ask. You take care of what you can in the natural. God will do the supernatural. Let's ask him. If you ask him and he doesn't answer, what have you lost? But if you ask and he comes through, what have you gained? You take care of what you can in the natural. God will do the supernatural in your life, in mine, we'll see him do even greater things than we could ever dream or imagine. Well, we're halfway around the track with Elisha. And, uh, and we're going to do something a little bit different this week. Uh, we're going to finish our lap with Elisha on Wednesday. And so, so if you're on our, you get our, our weekly newsletter, uh, we're going to send it out on Wednesday, the rest of this message, as we finish our race uh, around the, this lap around the track with Elisha. There's, there's more to come. We're going we're gonna to talk about one of the, the greatest miracles that I think God does through this man, Elisha. But that's going to go out on Wednesday. So if you're, you, you're not 
currently receiving our weekly newsletter, we would invite you simply to fill out a digital connection card. And we're going to just keep you in the loop on what's happening around here at Central. But on Wednesday, you're going to get the, the, the second half of this teaching. Uh, so you can fill out a digital connection card if you're watching live. We're going to post that in the chat. Or you can always email us at info, I-N-F-O, at centralsj.org. Info at centralsj.org. We'll, we'll get you all squared away and, and get you the rest of this teaching. But, but just to recap real quick as we close, here's the big idea. Whenever you wonder if your life counts, give God your best wherever God has put you. Listen, you're there by appointment. You're here, you're alive today by appointment. You are where you live by appointment. Bring your best. Wherever you are, give your best in obscurity and God will reward it. Second thing Elisha would encourage us with is, is give your best in the small things and God will give you bigger things to do. And finally, wherever you are, he would say, give your best in the natural. Let's just bring our best and watch God do the supernatural. We've seen it over and over, time and time again throughout scriptures. Men and women bringing their best in the natural and God comes alongside and does the supernatural. Let's ask God for big things once again. Let's pray. Well, Father, we thank you that you're so gracious, you're so kind. You make such great promises to us, not only for this life, but God beyond this life. So God, I pray that you would allow faith to rise in our hearts today to ask you for big things. You said, Jesus, that we would do the works that you've done. And matter of fact, we do even greater things. So God, would you help us to walk by faith and not by sight, to trust you for bigger and better things than we could ever dream or imagine because you're that big and you're that good. So God, help us to bring our best wherever we are. In Jesus' name. Amen.